Hello and welcome to the Progress Report, the podcast for pre-service and rookie teachers. I'm Mike McFadden. With me as always is Brian Whalen. Today we talk about digital learning spaces. Stick with us after the intro as we dive deep into this exciting and relevant topic. So today we thought we would talk about uh, what we're going to broadly refer to as digital learning spaces. And uh, Brian and I were talking about this a little bit before we hit the old record button, and uh, we came up with three different categories of what we're going to refer to as digital learning spaces. Brian, you want to walk us through what those three are yeah, broadly? Uh, after, after much deliberation about what we wanted to categorize these uh, spaces or uh, places, web um, presences, web presence, digital presences, um, we, we, we broke it down into three categories. The first category would be a blog. So a teacher blog. Uh, Let's go through all three first, and then we'll, we'll sort of – then we'll, we'll go back and look at each one in greater detail. So okay. teacher blog. So we have teacher blog through any, any uh, you know, form. Um, we have uh, classroom management systems. So sometimes referred um, to as CMSs like Google Classroom or Edmodo or Edmodo. Schoology. And then this other one that we've, we're sort of coining or stealing from we, our... We have, we have, we have clearance to, to, uh, to coin them as our digital course, course spaces. spaces. Digital course spaces. And so I think what we'll do is talk about the difference between these three types of uh, places that you and your students will go online. Starting first uh, with blogs, because I think that was, I think a blog, blogger specifically, is one of the first... You know, digital learning environments or digital learning spaces that most teachers have been exposed to. Blogger came out, you know, 10, 15 years ago at this point, and uh, I think there's a lot of familiarity with it. So, Brian, like, what do you see a a blog being useful for in a class? Well, I think uh, first of all, if you go back to uh, when our district first started with in the Google application landscape, uh, Blogger was something that was just there. It was ready. It was uh, easily available. Not a lot of um, technical skills required to set it up, um, and so it was something that was there. It was something that you could, you could have access to, and you could uh, basically type a blog and hit post, and the course information was uh, made public. Yeah, so I guess in the you know early days of Web 2.0, which I don't know if we're at 3.0 yet, but uh, maybe, maybe 2.5, 2.5, 2.6. Um, I, I think. The idea was that we could use Blogger to sort of post course material, content, and perhaps even lessons. Did you see that being used? Did you see that being pushed at all back in the early 2000s, mid-2000s? Yeah. Um, I think what I saw from it is uh, posting that, um, that classroom information. Uh, it was a great way to summarize uh, a, a class lesson, or I know early on I used it as a summary of a week. Uh, or a summary of a unit and being able to distribute and share or uh, giving access to that information to uh, to your class. Yeah, I know that I used, which is now sort of defunct or collecting cyber dust, um, mcfadden.blogspot.com, and I used it to distribute uh, files. This is when I was in a lab setting, so it's like a computer lab setting. Like, everybody needs to work on this file, so here, go and download it from the class website. I thought it worked pretty well, uh, but I think there's some shortcomings with uh, the blog as the digital learning space uh, because 
a blog by its very nature is sort of a snapshot in time. You have a feed where you're going to have new posts and then the old posts get pushed down and they're just not really set up to navigate an entire uh, unit or an entire really class or semester or a year-long um, collection of resources. And so I, I sort of see uh, the blog sort of as a shortcoming. It's difficult to direct my students there to go get the piece of content to go get the the activity to get the resource that we utilized, um, you know, at, for studying purposes at the end of at the end of the unit. It was really difficult to organize in any type of structure, uh, a unit or a lesson structure because of that uh, that chronological feed. Yeah, that reverse chronological feed is just like the newest thing is up on top, and so if if let's say you teach a semester long class, well that lesson that you did at the beginning of the first semester is, you know, buried deep within the uh, the nether regions of the, the class blog. Right. And so sometimes when it came to review, whether it was the end of the semester or at the end of the unit, I, I just felt like a lot of time was wasted and it was a little inefficient in having these students go back and uh, read some of these posts or if they had questions about content, the, the first place to go was was to the class or to my blog and um, I, I think Mike and I have pointed out some of the uh, some of the problems that we ran into with that so I think like when you're talking about digital learning spaces a blog still serves a purpose I think it's a great way to uh, build uh, communication between school and home you can share some of the successes if your students are producing uh, student made content then you can share that on the blog um, I think it's a great way to sort of replace that you know, weekly newsletter, which is probably more of an elementary school um, you know, type of thing to do. Uh, but I think that the, the school or teacher classroom blog is better for like current events and what's happening, uh, but it doesn't necessarily work particularly well when you need to have it as like the repository of information just for the, the navigational and layout purposes. Yeah, not the best place to house any type of course content that you're going to be, uh, that your students are going to be able to access. Though five to ten years ago, just about the only option that was available um, for most teachers. And so, you know, it served a purpose in time. But now I think that it, it's shifting more back towards being, you know, what a blog is supposed to be, to, to update um people on, on current events more or less yeah I, I, I do think the updating and the the summarizing piece of a blog can still be beneficial in your classroom but that can also again sort of be replaced these days with like Twitter and Instagram and some some of these other sort of social media tools so maybe you would have a blog and you would post your or embed your tweets and embed your Instagram feed into the blog post just so you can sort of house all of the sort of fleeting things that uh, take place digitally in your class. I think we've sort of expired the conversation on yep. blogs, but uh, that, that'll move us to our next topic, which would be CMSs or, or course management systems, sometimes referred to as learning management systems. Uh, if you took uh, any collegiate level courses in the past 15 years, you probably used uh, Blackboard. If you were unfortunate enough, you may have used Live Text. Live Text, or, yes. Or Moodle, Moodle or any of these other ones. But sort of the one that has risen to the top right now, I think, um, is... Uh, Google Classroom. Below that, you probably have um, Schoology and Edmodo fighting for a distant second. Yeah. Um, but you know, Brian, in your your experience, what does a course management system offer? What is it that you know teachers like that is useful about 
Google Classroom. I, I think if you look at the what, what it actually is, a course management system um, or a content management system, or uh, I guess it allows you to manage uh, the course, uh, comparing that to uh, a blog where you are uh, posting and writing things, I, I think what uh, uh, specifically Google Classroom allows you to do is to get the content uh, to the students in your specific class. And when you're saying content, are you referring to like things to read, like links, like go here, or is it more like this is the assignment that we're working on, I've created a slide template, or here's, um, I don't know, an Excel file that you need to work on in? Yeah, I, I think both. Google Classroom has actually evolved where uh, you are now able to post links, you can post questions, um, in addition to... Uh, distributing files to students that they have to edit, whether it's a Google slide template or a, um, you know, an audio file or, or, or you know, something of that sort. Um, so I, I think uh, uh, Google Classroom has taken some of the really nice things that Moodle used to do, and that was our previous uh, CMS, the, uh, the chats and the discussion pieces where you can post questions and students need to uh, answer the questions, but then also they need to comment on one of their classmates' questions. Um, but I think one thing that it does is it, uh, is it keeps all of that, uh, that, that content um, accessible. It does keep it accessible and available, and I, I sort of look at uh, CMS, uh, School of Edmodo, or uh, you know Google Classroom as sort of like the the day of use of technology. It's like I need to get this Google Doc out to twenty eight kids in my class, or gonna... I need my class to read this article about this uh, this case or this news in uh, whatever class you're in. And so uh, what I like most about it is the ability to collect. And so to me, that's like the one thing that no other digital tool really does um, is in terms of, you know, the, the big three is the collection of assignments. I could create a link where students can easily make a copy of a Google Doc, but then to get it back in a way that's easy for me to look at and manage um, is where the course management tools, course management systems um, really rise above the rest. Um, I, I might disagree a little bit with the fact that the, the benefit of keeping like a repository of all the things that you've passed out is particularly helpful. I know for me, you know, once it gets buried in the feed, um, you know, students aren't going to scroll past the, uh, you know, the old newsprint days, they said, scroll past the fold or, or look past mm -hmm. the fold. They're really looking at that front page, what's happening. And then everything below is just something that happened in the past. Um, but it, it is nice that they can go back and refer to those assignments. So, uh, yeah, I think that that's that's the class management system, Google uh, Classroom specifically. Yeah, it still has some of those weaknesses that we discussed with blogs in that uh, reverse chronological. But um, the the benefits uh, that we see from it, and I think the the collection piece is huge. Is um, you know there aren't uh, you're not getting emails from students turning in assignments. Um, you're not getting emails with links or uh, you know anything else that could get lost. Uh, lost in cyberspace or lost, you know, in translation some way. Uh, it is really uh, kind of a, a one-stop shop uh, for students to, I guess, a, a two-way street of getting assignments to students, and then once the student has finished or created the assignment, then it is, 
you know, collected or sent back to you? Yeah, I look at course management systems uh, as sort of the digital arm of classroom management. So, you know, how you uh, assign assignments. When you return uh, a test, for example, you generally don't want to do it at the beginning of class because you're going to be looking at the questions that they got wrong as opposed to listening to what you're trying to do and participating in the activity that you're trying to do. And so I really view uh, the, the Google Classroom, School of Giedmoto, as the the digital arm of classroom management. And I think if you can sort of think of it in that framework, it can be helpful to you in thinking about how to use it. How many arms does uh, classroom management have, Mike? Uh, classroom management has uh, several arms, I believe. Um, the audio recording cannot see your uh, arm movements, but they're hilarious. Okay, um, so we talked about blogs and we've talked about classroom management tools I th- or course management tools. I think that those are, are complementary. You know, you could use the the classroom management or course management tool to push out the essay, uh, collect it, and then you take the you know, exemplar and you post it online onto your blog uh, so that the student can you know share their work with an authentic audience. It's generally going to be parents and maybe maybe a few friends. Uh, but that brings us to our third category of digital learning spaces, which we are pirating the, the term digital course space. So digital course space, um, I personally uh, sort of have been using for about two years. And there's a lot of overlap between what a course management system and a blog does and what a digital course space does. And actually, the digital course space that I use is built on top of a blogging platform. So I use WordPress as my backend. Um, it's a little bit more techie and geeky. But what it allows me to do is to create uh, sections of a site, and we'll include in the, the show notes um, our links to our digital course space. If you go to learn.mcfadden.com or learn.wayland.biz, uh, then you, you can see sort of what we're talking about. And so basically, it allows me to create a section for the five different classes that I teach. And once you enter into the digital graphic design uh, course, for example, um, you only see links for that course. And I generally will have my links organized uh, by unit and lesson. And a lesson doesn't necessarily mean one day, but it's sort of one focused area of study. And it's sort of how I envision digital textbooks should be. Do you have anything to add to that that's yeah. different? Or? I think if, uh, if you're listening and you're trying to maybe compare it to something or trying to, to visually, uh, w- without checking out those links, um, I, I think if, what would a textbook look like in the digital form? Uh, that's, what, that's really what we're referring to, where, there are, uh, where it is broken down by units. And those units have the standards that are going to be met, and they have the essential questions. Uh, and then underneath each one of those units, there are not necessarily daily lessons, but um, not necessarily a lesson for every day but lessons underneath that individual unit. So you might spend a day or two on one particular lesson, but uh, it's sort of in contrast to, I'm going to call it the first generation of digital textbooks, where essentially the textbook as a PDF. That wasn't doing anything different than the hard copy uh, was accepting more difficult to navigate. Right. And, and so, probably taking five, ten minutes to download because of the size of the PDF file. And then all sorts of weird like digital rights management that makes it hard for the class to have their set. And so with a, a digital course space, I view it as like something that a teacher has generally curated, though 
I know I have shared my digital course spaces with other teachers that are teaching the same thing that I am, and they have used it uh, or copied it to create their own version of it, so it's sort of custom to them. Uh, but it does also offer the ability to link to Google Classroom. It also does offer the ability to take you know the, the best things that come from the students and post it to a separate course blog. Um, but I think we could talk about how it's useful for students. Yeah. Uh, Mike, I think mine has solved two issues that I don't think are uh, isolated only to me as a teacher. Uh, number one, when students miss class. Um, and number two, uh, and this I think took a while for me to, to fully grasp and, and I think still understanding it in teaching is uh, students aren't, some students might not get it the first time. And so uh, what these spaces allow students to do is, number one, if I was absent, um, I'm able to view the lesson, I'm able to access all of the documents, um, whether, whether there's videos that we have to watch. And the um, student doesn't have to like parse through the Google Classroom feed to try to figure out what it was that they were doing, because it's laid out like a almost like a page in a textbook right. would be. So it's like, look at lesson one. Uh, generally, I'll have a, a video that either I created or one that I you know, sourced from somewhere else with a discussion prompt or some content that I have written myself that, that you know, is asking the students to think about the thing that they're looking at in a particular way. Or maybe there are, in the case of like a lab class, files that they need to download. You know, this is project file one. This is project file two. Download it. Um, I think... Uh, when we're talking about sort of the interweaving of Google Classroom and uh, digital course spaces, you, know, you can use some uh, digital rights protection on files that you embed into the site so that the student has to be logged into their school account. So if you're using something that's in that intellectual property gray area, you know, you don't have to make it publicly available to everybody. You can utilize the, the features of the Google application suite in order to, to house it on your site, but only make it ex, uh, accessible to the students who, you know, legally are allowed to look at it. Yeah, it is really a, a, as as much as you can recreating the classroom experience without the student being there, um, and that that is my go-to for when students are going to be absent or if a student doesn't understand or if they just need to review something before a test. Um, it is it is unit one lesson three and you click on that link and it is a, a, a nice layout of uh, the course activities and the assignments for that day and I know that at least in uh, the business classes and the technology classes there really isn't a textbook a textbook that works for my class I might use a, a lesson out of a textbook um, but to have one tangible book for the class. It just doesn't work that way because of the needs of what I'm doing. And so this becomes the one place that students go to. Where are we in the, where are we in the class? Oh, we're on Unit 3, Lesson 2. Okay, go there, um, you know, read the article or watch the video or download the assignment. And uh, to me, it's really the, the next evolution in, in digital course, in, actually, no, in, in textbooks. <laughs> it's what teachers are, some version of this is what they're going to be using. Yeah, and I think this this fits into um, you know your uh, I guess this would be on the arm of the uh, digital classroom management, but I think think this is uh, this is another tool or this is another um, piece of your overall classroom and your overall teaching strategies. So if I can sort of summarize uh, everything that we've talked about right now, we sort of have blogs as the place to post. Uh, 
classroom-related news and sort of connect with a home. Um, I think maybe summarizing, uh, whether it's a, a maybe a unit summary or a weekly summary. And maybe you use it professionally in order to connect with other educators. Maybe it's not necessarily part of um, what you're doing in class. Maybe it's more for your own professional growth. Uh, then if we look at class uh, management systems or course management systems, it's the ability to distribute and collect assignments, um, whether that is a, a Google Doc or a link to somewhere else. You can push it out. Um, so in addition to having it on your digital course space, where it's a static uh, place where students can reference. And, and you might change it, you might update it, but for the most part, the units and the lessons are, um, are, are there, they're structured. Students can go and look and see what's coming up, they can look and see what they missed if they're absent. Um, it's sort of the new uh, idea of what the textbook once was. Yeah, and I think you can also, it gives you the opportunity with, without teaching courses without a textbook, it really gives you the opportunity to go back and reflect on those lessons and as you look at uh, unit two and you look at your four lessons, uh, do those lessons need to be adjusted? And instead of, uh, you know, I, I think back to when I first started teaching, most of my lessons were uh, just compiled on uh, legal pads and uh, having to page through those things and trying to remember uh, which assignments and which articles were assigned and, uh, and done on a specific day. Uh, this is a um, uh, an archive of the class content. Yeah, so I think it does definitely help you with that sort of reflection piece. And because you're publishing this online, you're sort of forced to think about how it all strings together and then to enhance it, uh, iterate upon it uh, throughout as you go. And I, I know both of us have used digital course spaces um, that we were building them as we were teaching them. So, you know, we didn't necessarily had the next lesson on until maybe a few days before. Uh, but I think that that works. You can build your digital course space as you teach. So if you already have this collection of links and assignments and things, uh, consider putting it on digital course space. It'll become a lot easier for you. It'll help you in your planning. It's almost, I view it as my lesson plan in a lot of ways. Um, I, there's a lot more to the lesson plan that I sort of know in the back of my mind because I've been teaching for a while, but I can go, oh yeah, this is what I'm doing. We're going to go into this activity and it's all there for me and it's there for the students. Absolutely. All right. I think that we've talked just about all we can about uh, blogs. Course, and digital course management, and digital learning, content. All of the above. Uh, I have been and will continue to be Mike McFadden. You can follow me on Twitter at MJMACFADDEN. And you can uh, follow my blog or read my blog at mmcfadden.com. Nobody, nobody has told me otherwise, so I am still on the Twitter at Brian, B-R-I-A-N underscore Whalen, W-H-A-L-E-N. And uh, the digital course space is learn.whalen.biz. And on that, you can find uh, how, the, how I'm using that course space, and then there's also a link to my blog on there as well. All right. Thank you very much for listening Thank to the you. Progress Report, all you pre-service rookie and veteran teachers. Anything you want to See ya.